Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Inman, sitting next to Chris Brito. Chris, this is the best time of the year for our show, as it's time for the NBA Draft. Today, we're going to break down the best fits for some of the best college players in the country, and we'll discuss what we want our New York Knicks to do with the ninth pick. Before we get to all that, Chris, how are you? Steve, not only is it the NBA Draft, it's also been one year since the All Hoops began its coverage of the NBA draft and our show. It's episode 27, and we're happy to be here. Um, Now, on to the big topic of the day. So, NBA draft. Um, I think the first pick is pretty much in the bag. I think DeAndre Ayton is the consensus number one. I'd be surprised if it was someone different, although I would have probably liked um, someone like Doncic in in Phoenix, but that's my own personal belief. I think he, he would have fit in that system a lot better than Aiton would be. Um, now there's going to be a backlog on the front court for them. But that being said, you always want to go for the most talented player in the draft, and he's that guy. Um, do you, you agree, Steve? Uh, DeAndre's number one. I think that's the right choice. It seems like they made this decision about a month ago when, you know, guys like Devin Booker and Marquise Chris were hanging out watching, you know, the finals with Aiton. It seemed pretty clear that that's where Phoenix announced they were going. I think they liked the idea of having the hometown kid. You know, he went to the University of Arizona. You know, I think that's something that was a factor for them. But you know what, Chris? The draft really starts with the Sacramento Kings at number two because – you know, they have a tremendous decision on their hands, and it's, you know, a franchise that has had more problems than just about everybody else has a huge pick. And, you know, there's guys like Bagley, there's Donkick, there's Michael Porter. Where do you see them going at number two? See, I think uh, Bagley is, an, is number two. Why? Because he's one of the few players who appear to be okay with going to Sacramento. Um, I think there's no other franchises except maybe the, our New York Knicks that have gone through so much uh, mayhem inside that organization. Um, Chris, I get it where we say that we give Bagley credit for saying I'm willing to go wherever and everyone else's, everyone else's agency and representatives are kind of like stay away from Sacramento, don't give the medicals. But that can't be the reason to take a kid this high in the draft, right? I think in the NBA draft, the more information that you have, the more willing you're willing to take a risk on a player. Because all these players, all these players are risks, right? And I think it's about minimizing risk and and capitalizing on what the talent will potentially be. And I think Bagley, at least with Sacramento, will at least be a 2010 guy. You know, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be on a, on a roster that clearly needs everything, as you said earlier. So I think he's a lock at number at number two, in my opinion. All right, let's move on. Number three, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, really bad year for them. You know, Dennis Schroeder was by far their best player, and he's kind of vocalized that he's not really too happy there. Maybe they move him on draft night. That's an interesting chip. You know, pretty affordable contract, $15.5 million a year. But, Chris, I think Luka Doncic would be perfect with Atlanta. Him with a Schroeder. That backcourt would be really scary. It would be really fun. It would be young. And it would give the Hawks an identity going forward. There aren't too many teams in the top five or six here with an identity. And for them to be able to have two 
premier backcourt players like that would really help them with this rebuild. No, I agree. And Luca has been one of my favorite players in the draft. I think he should be number one. And uh, they're basically getting a number one pick right now. Um, you have a 19-year-old with tantalizing talent. He can play point guard. He's 6'8", and he's a guy who you can run your offense through. Um, his shot isn't the best, but, hey, man, this is the EuroLeague MVP, man. Like, this guy isn't just uh, any – this – you see, what, what separates him than the other prospects in this draft is that he's actually playing against grown men, and he's playing in the best league outside of the NBA. He's not playing against teenagers and college kids in, in the NCAA. He's playing against big guns. So I think Luca is more prepared than anybody to be uh, a premier player in the NBA right now. And he's 19 years old. He can still grow and he could still you could still add things to his game. He could add more muscle. He could be he literally he's a to me he has the most upside of anyone in this draft. Is that crazy to say? Yeah, see that's what I just said. But yeah, I think no, but like, uh, I agree with you. Right, I think he, I think he does have the most talent in this draft. I mean, he's he's the most talented player. Yes. Uh, Memphis at four to me, Chris, is very very fascinating because reports out of Memphis have said that the Grizzlies are willing to move the number four overall pick to a team that would just take on Chandler Parsons' last two years from forty nine million. Chris, if I were the Knicks or if I was another team, I would be calling Memphis until my phone broke to get a deal like this in the works. A second lottery pick, it helps so many teams jump this rebuild, but why would Memphis, who desperately need young players, cheap young players, be interested in making a move like this? Uh, first of all, I think this is all smokescreen. I don't think that's gonna actually going to happen. I think they're trying to see what kind of interest is out there and see who's who w- would be willing to move the, the, you know, the moon and stars for something like that. For a chance to number four, I don't think they'll get the right deal for it. I think the number four pick is way, too, way more valuable than anything you you can offer them, unless it's like someone like LeBron James, which I don't think he, which you can't even do. So I don't see it happening, Steve. Um, I, but if it does, obviously the Knicks should be at it should be outside their door right now, like knocking door and trying to see. If, they can make this happen. Teams like Memphis and teams like the Knicks who are struggling, they should be trying to add bad salary to get more draft picks, not get rid, not get rid of it. Uh, to me, the perfect guy, if Memphis does say it for, is Jaron Jackson because he is this defensive-minded presence. He reminds me a lot of the guys they've won a lot of big playoff games with in the last right. few years. With Zach Randolph at center. I agree. And, and I think – sorry. No, I was just saying him with Marcus Saul could fit really well. And I think that is a move that makes too much sense. Yeah, and the other thing too, like now, now that Marcus Sol has developed somewhat of a an efficient three point shot, I think that move makes a lot of sense. You have Jaron Jackson down there, who people have said have spoken really highly about in terms of his IQ and whatnot, um, as an as the actual number five on that team. So, so I like it. I like it. All right, at number five. Who do you like at number five, Steve? Uh, I think here they should probably go with one of these big men. Muhammad Bamba is there. He's a guy who could make sense defensive-minded center. You know, Wendell Carter's there. He's another guy who, uh, you know, they're probably looking for a big man there in uh, getting ready to leave the post, getting ready to leave the Dirk Nowitzki era. 
I think both those guys make a lot of sense. What do you think, Chris? Um, I think once once you get those four guys, those four guys that we just said out of the way, I think you have to start thinking about perhaps putting getting Michael Porter in there. Uh, Mavericks are kind of like the Hawks, the Kings. I need something everywhere. Uh, minus the point guard position, I think uh, you know. I, I don't disagree. I think Wendell Carter can make sense in there. Um, I think for fit, that makes sense. So I'm good with that. I think uh, six with the Magic is one of the more fascinating ones in the draft. Uh, Chris, how long have the Magic been looking for a point guard? Basically since Jameer Nelson Yeah, left. pretty much, yeah. You know, that was a long time ago now. Well, Alfred Payton was there. Alfred Payton just was never the right answer because he just couldn't shoot. Yeah. You know, and he would be putting up triple doubles and he'd be doing all these crazy things, but he just couldn't shoot. And you know what? Like a point guard, yes, needs to run the offense. That's step one. But for him to not be able to shoot as poorly as he could, it just, you really can't, you know, get any separation. So let's get the opposite of that for the Orlando Magic. Let's get a tremendous shooter in there. Let's get Trey Young. Trey Young makes a ton of sense here. I like it. Can run an I offense, like can shoot. I think he makes a ton of sense. And you know what? This Magic team, they're really just looking for a lot of excitement right now. You know, there's not really a whole lot there. They literally need some magic right they now. They could use some magic right now. And uh, that makes a lot of sense for Trey Young. <laughs> See, my whole thing with Trey Young is that I feel like there was so much hype with him in, in college that he won't transition into being a, a, a good or a, a good, good NBA player, right? Uh, but I think at this point, you need someone who who can be that tantalizing talent. Uh, and he just makes too much sense at, at number six at Orlando Manage. And, and they and they, they they do have their front court players too. Like I don't think a, a big center would be like their most immediate need at the moment. They they had to see what they have in um, the la- last year's pick. Isaac, Jonathan uh, Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, and they're probably going to re-sign Gordon. Um, they have a big decision with him. We'll get to that in free agency, but he's one of the more interesting restricted free agents. For sure. There is. But yeah, a guard like Trey Young makes a ton of sense, and it's something that they're really lacking right now. Yeah. Um, and and number seven at the Bulls, I think, like as I, as I said earlier, you start thinking, uh, I think Michael Porter could go here, Michael Porter could go there, but I think Michael Porter won't drop further than number seven. I think, despite the injury concerns, despite you know what would happen with his back and all that, he's still a young kid who has who's still who's who's still developing, you know. And I think uh, you got to take a flyer on, on a guy who's potentially going to be a number one pick to a team that also needs several things. There's no defined player. I know Zach Levine maybe may be there for a while, but you never know. I think Michael Porter is the way to go here. Uh, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, Chris. Uh, let's move to eight. Cleveland, I don't really know what they should do here because we don't know what their team's going to look like, Chris. If LeBron James leaves, as we expect, they're not going to keep Kevin Love. They're not going to keep a lot of these vets. And they're basically starting over. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, where do you see them going here? Because you really don't know by the draft what their team's going to look like. You don't know if LeBron's going to leave. No, you don't. And I think, you know, I have a surprising pick for this one. I actually think uh, 
um, Mikhail Bridges could go here. Why? Because let's ass- let, for a second, let's assume LeBron stays. You inherit a player who not only can play the, the, the three spot, he could he could de- he could defend multiple positions. He has an okay three point shot, and then you have a player who could you could trust in potentially big minutes if they go to the playoffs again, which they will obviously. Um, but Bridges is the guy here. I think um, they need players who they need they need players who 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 can play in big spots, and he's a guy who's won two championships with Villanova, and he's definitely the pick here. Uh, very interesting, Chris, and now the moment we've all been waiting for, our New York Knicks at number nine. Chris, this is such a big opportunity for the Knicks, obviously. I mean, once again, they head into the draft with huge implications on their future. The way it's looking at the moment is New York should be able to add a quality player to their core. We said this last year, though, Chris, and while I wouldn't call Frank Nielakino a bust, he hardly distinguished himself last year. Chris, what should the Knicks do with a nice pick? See, I think there are a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty in the draft, but I think one of the sure things is that if Colin Sexton is is available at number nine, if Michael Porter is not on the board, I think you have to go with Colin Sexton. It makes way too much sense. He's a tough, gritty point guard and somebody who who would fit perfectly our new Knicks system. So. I think he makes so much sense here, Chris. It's kind of – he's not – obviously, he's not Dennis Smith, but we were screaming Dennis Smith last year and it just because it just made too much sense. And they passed on him. They cannot pass on Colin Sexton. He reminds me a lot of Eric Bledsoe, Chris, where he could do a little bit of everything. He could shoot a little bit. He could score. He's incredibly fast. Um, his passing is still a work in progress, but he should be able to be a lead point guard for a, for a team – Chris, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I would love to see that happen. And the way it's looking right now is there's a decent chance that this premier point guard prospect will be on the board when the Knicks are selecting at nine on Thursday night. Yeah, and and he's definitely the way to go. I mean, there's also been talk about Kevin Knox and Mikhail Bridges if he's at number nine. But, it, I mean, just like going back to what David Fizdale said in his opening press conference, he wants someone who's gritty someone that represents that New York grit, and I think he's the guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's perfect. To round out the top ten, I think uh, you said Michael Bridges to Cleveland. I'm going to say him to the Sixers. Villanova kid, played a lot of his games at Wells Fargo Center. I think it makes a ton of sense, especially for a team that's not really looking for a – everyone's looking for another star, but they're probably looking for another high-impact rotation player who can step in right away for a contending team. This is the only really contending team on this board if LeBron winds up leaving Cleveland. So I think Michael Bridges to Sixers at 10 makes a ton of sense. And Chris, before we round out the uh, the rest of the lottery, anybody else you see here who uh, well uh, should we the Hornets the Hornets are in, are in a interesting situation because they just they actually just traded Dwight Howard to the Nets um, I see a, a bunch of different players for them uh, Wendell Carter if he's still on the board he could go there to fit that need um, otherwise I think Kevin Knox would actually work in that group as well um, as for the Clippers as for the Clippers who have two picks and are also 
dangling those two picks to to other teams. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a toss-up. I like Lonnie Lonnie Walker there, uh, and shy, you know, shy from Kentucky. Kentucky, I like him there as well. Uh, as for the Nuggets, Robert Williams makes a ton of sense there too. You know, you knock down North Carolina basically by himself right, in that tournament game. Right, and you give you get you can give uh, Nikola Jokic some rest with someone like him behind him. So one other guy I'd be looking at if um, you know late first round. How about Aaron Holiday? You know Drew's brother. You know he had a pretty good year as the uh, you know point guard for UCLA in his junior year. The Nets have the 29th pick. He should be around that area. Can the Nets get him? You know, around that spot, I think that makes a ton of sense. Your guy, uh, Jalen Brunson, should be around that spot, too. Both of those guys make good uh, point guard options for the Nets. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I hope he's still on the board when the Knicks are in the second round, but I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, anything else you want to uh, talk about, Chris, before we wrap up the show? Uh, just, you know, I think the best part of, of draft night is the uncertainty going in. I think, right, we gave you our, our predictions for the night, but I also think that there will be a lot of trades and there will be big players that will be moved tomorrow night. So Who's the biggest player moved tomorrow night, Chris? You think Kawhi gets moved? No, he won't get moved tomorrow night. I think, I don't know if there's anyone that tantalizing that the Spurs want to go after, um, except maybe Luka Doncic, which I, I just don't see the Spurs training number two, trading for that either. Well, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss what the Knicks and all these other teams did in the NBA draft and to preview NBA free agency. Obviously, the King is set to be a free agent, but there are so many other high-impact players who can move cities. Chris, this is really the best time of the year in basketball. It's it's basically Christmas. It's Christmas. And, you know, we, we talked about how, you know, Christmas Day in the NBA is one of the best times. This is the best time. The NBA draft, you know, high-impact players are going to – you know, great opportunities, and NBA free agency is going to be insane as always, Chris, and we're going to cover it all here on All Hoops, and thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys.